Hey guys, if you have a question that you want answered related to health and fitness, mindset, business, etc., please don't hesitate to call in. Um, I absolutely love being able to connect with you guys and answer your questions or having friends of mine that are experts help me answer your questions. So if you're interested, call into the hotline at 801-449-0503. That's 801-449-0503. Our Brute Body program is about to reopen for registration on March 20th, and the actual program will begin one week after the open ends. Um, This is perfect timing because this program is the fastest way to build muscle, get leaner, and generally just hit huge PRs in all of your strength lifts. With this launch, it's our one-year anniversary, and we're releasing a ton of new content on goal setting, a ton, a ton of uh, education on nutrition, training, mindset, and we're even bringing in a transformation challenge with the top prize being a cruise for two. If you have any questions at all about the program, email us at info at brutestrengthtraining.com or you can go to brutestrengthtraining.com slash programs slash brute hyphen body to sign up for the wait list. That's brutestrengthtraining.com slash programs slash brute hyphen body. Yes, hi. This question is from Mike Cashew, the brute strength guru. I was curious about fixing habits. My manager at work recently brought to our attention a quote from a book he had been reading. He said that instead of trying to go cold turkey and completely change a habit and stop it totally, try to offset it with something else. For instance, I check my fantasy football for 40 minutes every Wednesday night. When I want to do that, I should tell myself, you know what, I'm going to do X. Whether that's cook dinner, do something, check an email, respond to a customer, let me know what you think. Chris, what's up, man? First off, thank you for designating me with guru status. I appreciate that. Um, sounds like you're asking two questions. One, how do you how do you get rid of bad habits? And two, how do you instill long lasting positive habits? The first one, <clears throat> keep in mind, and this is out of the book Slim by Design. Uh, it's easier to change your mind, or it's easier to change your environment than it is your mind. So, for instance. my wife and I have created a lot of rules around our cell phone. Um, You know, I want to, when when I wake up, I want to be very present with her and I want to, um, you know, be the only thing on her mind and I really want to be able to connect with her in the morning. And so when we were first dating, you know, the first thing that both of us did were, hop on our phone for 30 minutes or, you know, or however long. And for a while, we just started bringing up that conversation like, hey, I don't want us to be on on the phone when we wake up. And we would just have the phone next to our bed. And, you know, either she would forget or I would forget or one of us would think about it and then in the moment decide to still get on our phone because it wasn't that big of a deal. And, you know, despite all of our good intentions in life, if we give ourselves, um, if, if we leave it up to our willpower to say no and, and to make good decisions, then we're going to continue, 
continually let ourselves down. In this instance, what we had to do is we no longer sleep with our cell phones in our room. We haven't, we've done that for over a year now. And so we don't even have the chance to pick up our phone. And because of that, our mornings are so much better, right? We're, we're talking to each other. We're able to go through our entire morning routines without, you know, connecting to email or social media. And we're so much more present with each other. It's been, it's been huge for us. We do the same at the, at the dinner table, right? No phones at the dinner table. It's one thing to say, Hey, I want to, I want to, be more present together while we're eating and have the phone, you know, on the table. And it's a totally different thing to have the phone stay in the car while you go in a restaurant. Because when you feel that phone vibrate on the table, what happens, right? You're, you break your attention momentarily or, or worse, you even pick it up. And, you know, there's always somebody that needs something from you. And so there's just so many excuses to, go against what you're, you know, what you were trying to do in the first place. So create rules for yourself, whatever habit you're trying to get rid of, create rules that don't even uh, put that temptation in your kind of line of sight. So if it's, you know, if it's diet, then don't even have foods that are off limit. If you you know, follow a restrictive diet at all, Um, don't even have them in the house, period. Um, in terms of creating a new positive habit, I love the idea of creating non-negotiables. So, it, you know, if you or I say, I'm going to go without, I don't want to drink wine, then, you know, we might be at some special occasion and someone offers us wine. And so, you know, it's, it's really hard to say no. Um, but a pregnant woman says no to drinking period, no matter what, right? Because it's just like, they just don't drink wine. They don't drink wine because they're pregnant. And so when someone offers it to them, it's not even tempting because it's non-negotiable. So I recommend figure out if, you know, if you have one in particular, like a habit that you want to instill, then great. But if not, if you, you know, if you have a bunch of different things that you're trying to instill at once, I recommend start with the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on the rest of your life and also make the rest of them easier to instill later, but only start with one um, and make it a non-negotiable. So for me, I probably about six months ago, so I've had a really, really hard time staying um, active because of how how much a DNI travel. So, you know, we'll go really hard when we're at home in our home gym or at the gym. And when we travel, I would just fall off, right? I would just, for whatever reason, I just couldn't stick to it. And, um, my buddy, Chris Powell told me that he and his wife, and they, they travel a bunch too. They just started doing 10 minutes a day, no matter what. And they've done that for years. And so I just, I, I started doing that, you know, a non-negotiable 10 minutes, 10 minutes of exercise per day. And I've been able to stick to it every single day for, for months now. And because I'm consistent on that one thing, the rest of my routine is more consistent, right? My nutrition is more consistent, my meditation practice, uh, my journaling and reading, all because I made that one non-negotiable that that follows me everywhere. Um, I'm just much more, I'm a much more disciplined person. So I hope those two things help, man. 
Hey, Michael. Uh, this is Jeff Prejean from CrossFit South Bank in Alexandria, Louisiana. I was curious, as someone who uh, was a former uh, CrossFit Games champion and now is uh, moving on to uh, bigger and, and better things in a lot of ways, what advice do you have for people who may be considering transitioning from uh, trying to compete at regionals or the games uh, to the next phase of their fitness journey? And uh, what advice do you have around uh, maintaining fitness, uh, knowing when it's the right time to uh, stop competing at a certain level, or just transitioning uh, over to, uh, like I said, a different phase in, in their career? Uh, what lessons have you learned? What advice do you have? That would be great uh, to hear your perspective on. Thanks. Bye. Jeff, what's up, brother? That's a phenomenal question, and it's something that I think so many people go through, and they just don't have anyone to ask that question to. So I'm glad you asked it, and hopefully my answer can help you and others. Um, so as you know, and, and just, just a little background for those of you who don't know, um, I was on the games winning teams in 2012 and 13 hacks pack. And in 2013, after the games in December that year, I had a lumbar fusion done. Uh, I had a genetic disorder, you know, at birth and then, you know, doing football, weightlifting, CrossFit, all of that over the course of my, you know, adolescent and, and early adult years just pushed it over the edge. And I was having a lot of uh, like nerve damage and, and um, neurological symptoms. And so uh, I had it fused. And at that time, I just called it, I called it quits. You know, my, my back will forever be all the rest of my back will be at greater risk of injury. So the, the volume of training required to you know, compete at the games is just not the best for my long-term health. So I got the surgery, I was 23 and it was a huge, huge identity crisis. And I saw it coming, I knew it would happen, but nonetheless, I was, uh, I got very, very depressed. I couldn't move for a while. So I, you know, I couldn't, um, you know, let off the steam, but I also, I just didn't know what I had to offer to the world, right? I always found such pride, such joy, um, such a sense of accomplishment from my athletic endeavors for, for my entire life. And I also, you know, that was my identity. People knew me as an athlete. I, I, I called myself an athlete and now suddenly, you know, I could, I could be an athlete in the sense that, you know, every CrossFitter is an athlete, but I didn't see myself as a competitor anymore. And so I, I really had an identity crisis and, and it, it was legitimately depressing to me. Um, you know, I was sad a lot. I, I was irritable. Um, you know, my general outlook on life was different because of this, this one thing that had changed. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very real, thing that, that people go through, even though it's just a sport or just, uh, you know, you're, you're just talking about competing. It's, um, it's a huge source of stress for a lot of people, this, uh, this transition period. So for me, the bottom line was that I am not just an athlete. And even when 
I was competing and, 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 and I was, I did identify as an athlete. Um, I was never just an athlete. Um, think about your wife, for instance, your, your wife might be an amazing painter, right? Her whole life. If tomorrow she had to, for whatever reason, stop painting, right? She goes blind or she loses her, her painting hand. She has to stop painting. You don't love her any less. Um, because, you know, she's not just a painter and her, and her self-worth is not, um, really has nothing to do with the fact that she paints. And so for me, I had to understand that I'm still worthy of love, you know, from family, friends, from myself, right? I'm still worthy. Um, and I am still uh, a powerful person. And the other two things that really, really, really helped me were defining my purpose in life. And I think it's, you know, we could have hours of conversation on this and, and thousands of books are written on this, but, um, you know, that's, that's when I really started to, to dive into the question, like, what is the meaning of my life? What is my purpose? And for me, that's when I really started uh, getting involved in like trying to help and, and change the way that people think, um, helping them overcome fear, helping them, you know, push their boundaries. For me, that kind of stuff gets me out of bed just as much, if not more as training for the CrossFit games ever did. And it's also something that, you know, for the rest of my life, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what business I'm, I'm involved in or, or job I have, um, I can always tie it into that purpose, right? And so defi- further defining your purpose and making sure that you're, you're lining up your life so that you're following that purpose um, can really fill that void that I think a lot of people f- uh, feel when they, when they transition out of that um, competitive side. The other is, you know, you can use this up op- as an opportunity to practice, you know, virtues and 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 develop other skills. Right, right now, I know that you, in particular, spend three or four hours a day training. What could you do with that other time that would be beneficial to yourself, your family, your children, um, your business, etc. I try to think of myself as like a, a self-actualizer. Um, you know, I want to develop as much as I possibly can in every area of my life, right? Um, I want to be the best husband I can possibly be, the best friend. Um, one day I want to be the best parent. I want to be the best leader I can. I also want to be the best teammate I can. And so all of these things in, include like so many different skills. And with that extra time that you'll now have, you can develop all of these skills that are going to bring you happiness, joy, um, you know, contentment, fulfillment, and are also going to bring so so much good to the people around you. And so if you can just get really clear about the skills that you want to develop and how you're going to develop them and create a plan for doing so, again, that, that can just really fill that, fill that void and give you something very, very wholehearted to, um, to focus your mind on. Hope that helps, man. Hey, my name's Josh Phillips. I go to the Tony Mill in Edenton, North Carolina. 
And my question is, I recently started working out in October, so I'm new to fitness and nutrition. And my main question is, as an overweight guy, um, I started at 285 and I'm down to 260. Um, should I refrain from lifting and just focus on cutting? Or, I mean, what's the best method? I do want to lose weight, but I do not want to cut muscle. I, I do want to ultimately be fit. Um, so, yeah, that's my question. Josh, what's up, man? First off, congrats on your decision to take your health and fitness into your own hands, man. I know how hard it is to get started, uh, but with consistency and some dedication, you're you're setting your you're going to set yourself up for a much longer and healthier life, right? A lot more uh, high quality years of life, especially as you get older. So. The most important thing, especially with body composition, is your nutrition. Um, I highly recommend a flexible dieting approach. That's That seems to be um, the approach that most people are able to stick to. And in health and fitness, consistency is king, man. And so if, you know, if, if it's a diet that you can stick to, um, then that's definitely the way to go. The place that I would start is Google working against gravity 21 day challenge. And it's like a crash course on flexible dieting. Um, you'll need a scale to weigh and measure your food. Um, you know, and, and basically they'll, they'll teach you how to do it step by step. And if you want to work with them, then you can, um, then you can do that as well. You don't necessarily need to do it that way, but, um, that crash course is a great way to get started. As far as the fitness side, I mean, I'm a, I'm a CrossFit guy and I firmly, firmly believe that CrossFit is the absolute best general fitness program in, in the history of, of fitness in general. Um, I highly recommend, you know, if you're, if you can, just join a CrossFit gym, that's simply the best thing you can do. It's going to give you the accountability provided by, you know, the group environment, there's coaching, um, you know, there's other resources that they give, whether it be motiv motivational or nutritional, uh, et cetera. But if not, just go on the web and, and look up at home CrossFit workouts. Um, there's, a, there are a ton you can do on body weight only and literally a simple Google search, um, like body weight CrossFit workouts at home, you'll get thousands of, of different options. Um, you know, if you can get a couple pieces of equipment, I would suggest getting a kettlebell, uh, a kettlebell and then a barbell and some, you know, maybe 200 pounds of weight total. Um, that'll give you a shitload of options. And is, is, is lifting bad in that uh, right now for you? Absolutely not. But I would say if your main goal is to lose weight without losing muscle, then you want to be doing resistance training with a cardiovascular component. That's going to, that's going to provide a much more potent stimulus to one, stimulate muscle growth, but also, uh, stimulate, uh, fat loss. Um, you know, lifting weights is a great way to build muscle, but you're, you're not going to burn as much fat in the process. And 
you know, metabolic conditioning, cr- general CrossFit, Metcons um, provide both in a very, very potent way. So I highly recommend that if you can just join the local gym for, you know, 60 to 90 days. And if you don't like it, then, then quit. But I've met very few people, uh, that have that experience. Hope this helps, man. Good luck. Hey guys, a lot of you have reached out to us over the last year of doing this podcast and asked for programming that you could do in addition to your daily wads. Uh, A few things that I hear most often are A, you're hitting uh, strength plateaus, B, your body composition isn't changing like it did when you first started, or C, you're, you're getting injured more than you would like. So I think the, the issue here is that, uh, first off, let me say that CrossFit classes are the best thing to happen in the fitness industry in history, if you ask me. Uh, however, people encounter a few, a few problems. A, they have a shitty coach that just pro, you know programs poorly and is always beating people up. Uh, B, the coach, you know, they have a good coach, but that coach only has 60 minutes to fit everything in and just doesn't have time to do some of the structural balance and uh, recovery type work. Or C, the coach is just biased towards competition and like, you know, CrossFit games training and has, you know, his or her average Joe's doing a bunch of muscle ups and high rep snatches every week and just, again, beating people up. So we created something for all of you that want to just add a little extra before or after your daily workouts to help you build strength, uh, build muscle, and blast through those plateaus. It includes a bunch of different warm-ups as well as upper body and lower body uh, workout segments that you can just add to the beginning or end of your workouts. And again, these are going to help with structural balance, so it's going to keep you healthier. It's going to help you break through uh, strength and body composition plateaus. Um, And in general, I think you're just going to have a lot of fun doing these. We call it the secret strength weapon because adding this stuff in to your routine is going to give you a serious advantage over the people without it and also because it sounds kind of cool. Uh, you can download the PDF at brutestrengthtraining.com slash SSW. That's brutestrengthtraining.com slash SSW. Hi, this is Liz Glorioso. I train at NorCal CrossFit in Redwood City. And my question for the podcast is I've just recently come back from a bout of overtraining. Now going back into my training, I'm not sure when I'm pushing it too hard or if I'm just going to that level to get me up to the get me up to the next competition level. How do I how am I able to um determine whether or not I'm pushing myself too hard or whether um or whether I'm just pushing myself to become a better athlete. Thanks so much. I look forward to your responses. Hey Liz, thanks for calling in. That's actually a phenomenal question. Um, and you can use different tools like HRV, uh, heart rate variability, and, and different tools like that, different applications. But there are two really, really simple ways that everyone can use to gauge if they're actually overtraining. The first is uh your sleep quality and not just if you get a bad night of sleep but if you start trending right if you if you start seeing that consistently your sleep quality is is less maybe you're waking up more uh, if you're having trouble falling to sleep or if you're waking up and not being able to go back to sleep early early in the morning that's a huge sign of overtraining 
the other one is simply look at your your motivation and your um, desire to be in the gym. One of the best ways to know if you're overtraining is that you simply dread going to the gym. Um, you know, that, that goes for any athlete, you know, you love what you do, you love to compete, you love to train. And so if you notice that you're really dreading going to do that thing that you uh, typically love, then that's a huge sign of overtraining. So before, you know, really overthinking it and getting into HRV and, and all of that kind of stuff, just, just start to use those two simple tools. Um, you know, there's obviously a place for pushing and, and overreaching, right. Which is, uh, just, which happens just before overtraining. It's actually a very important part of training and progressing, um, but if you notice either of those two things, then that those are huge uh, signs that you are overtraining. Hey, Mike. My name's Tom Schulis. I'm a member of CrossFit 157 in Florence, South Carolina. I've heard lots of your podcasts dealing with nutrition and things like that, but I've never heard anybody deal with the topic of intermittent fasting. And I'm just curious, obviously, if you're going to be a regionals or CrossFit Games level competitor, it would be an option for them. But for somebody like me who's a student full-time and works full-time and has a very busy schedule, I didn't know if it's something that could fit in with somebody that treated CrossFit and training for lifestyle rather than trying to compete. So if you or any of your members could answer anything on intermittent fasting, I would really appreciate it. Thanks. Todd, what's up, man? That's a great question. Um, since you didn't state your specific goal, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple different things to think about. One, intermittent fasting for a lifestyle with the goal of health and longevity can be phenomenal. Um, you know, it, it definitely can provide a lot of mental clarity and, um, you know, just kind of like stable, stable energy throughout the day. Uh, some also believe that it improves growth hormone growth hormone production in the morning. Uh, it improves insulin sen- sensitivity. Uh, lots of other great things like that. If body composition is your biggest goal, then I don't think it's the best option. And the the only reason is if you you know if you're someone that can stick to intermittent fasting all the time. I think it can be phenomenal. But the problem with intermittent fasting is that it doesn't take into account, you know, the fact that our lives are constantly changing, that we go on vacation, that, you know, someone randomly asks us asks us out to breakfast and, you know, we can either um, you know, not have a life and and say no to the, to the random breakfast uh, invitation. Or we can find a diet that allows us some flexibility. So I, I recommend listening to the podcast I just did with John Berardi, episode 78. Um, and he talks just a lot about balance. Um, I'm a huge fan of flexible dieting, uh, if it fits your macros, with an emphasis on eating healthy foods, whole foods. Um, but to answer your question, yes, you can absolutely get benefits from intermittent fasting. Um, if you know, your, your training is just for a lifestyle. Absolutely. Um, just make sure you're, you're setting yourself up for success. Hope that helps, man. 
And that's a wrap, guys. Um, one more time, if you want to enter the raffle, go to brutestrengthtraining.com backslash 1MM hyphen downloads and you will be entered to win a couple thousand dollars worth of gear, uh, rogue barbell, lots of programming and brute gear, etc. Hope you enjoyed the show.